Hubhopper Originals Hi, welcome to Literature in Action. Um, I think this is going to be my 20th episode and I'm really excited for it. Now that the holy month of Ramzan is going on, I wanted to share this story with you. It's called After That in Mumbai. Ayub came home from school in tears. Although his mother asked and asked and even tried to bribe him with his favorite gajar ka halwa, he was unwilling to tell her what had happened. Or maybe he was unable to. It worried Ami. She just didn't know what to do. Eventually, Ayub calmed down and sat moodily munching his halwa. He decided not she decided not to drive him further into silence with her questions. That afternoon, she let him watch cartoons before his homework, something that happened very rarely. She was relieved to see him smile and later giggle at something on the screen. It was when Papa came home and they were sitting and having their soup that Ayub finally came out with what was bothering him. Papa, are we Muslim? He asked. The soup went cold as Ayub told his parents about his day, about his days since the terrorist attacks in Mumbai. With the images of the Taj Hotel dome burning fresh in their minds, Ayub's classmates had started their teasing, taunting and bullying. Ayub recalled that all of it had been happening to him and him alone. They would say crazy things to him. It's you guys who do this every time. Every time. You mozzies, you're just killers. What do you eat for breakfast? Bodies? Do you drink blood instead of milk? And then, then it became worse. Shan and his gang began teasing Ayub's friends, threatening them with dire consequences if they hung around with him anymore. Every time they did it, the others would pass by whispering, Traitor, Qatar, Khalnayak, words learnt of movie titles. Eventually, only Shorya had the guts to stick it out with Ayub. Just ignore them was his constant refrain. But Ayub couldn't help tensing up every time there was another barb, another taunt flung at him. But that day, it had crossed all boundaries. Shorya wasn't in school that day. He'd gone for a tennis match. So Ayub was alone. He took his lunchbox and tried to quickly go to the furthest corner of the playground. Get away before they could follow. But they'd seen him. Shan had gathered his cronies and a whole lot of others who had joined in. Mainly because they were too scared to say no to Shan. But others because they actually believed that all Muslims were, in fact, terrorists, or at least sympathizers to their cause. They, that had been the talk in their homes often. They waited for Ayub to disappear behind the trees that bordered the walls. Good, smirked Shan to himself. In fact, Ayub had made it much, much worse for himself. He'd not 
managed to escape the gaze of his tormentors, but he had gone to an isolated spot where no one could see what was happening to him. As he sat, lunchbox open, but not eating, they came for him. Hey, mozzy boy, so you are here too? You planning to blow up the school or something? <laughs> Enjoying your blood sandwich, are you? One of them snatched the tiffin box from his hand and opened the sandwich. They jeered as it was crumbled and thrown to the ground. They cheered as one of them stamped on the box until it was smashed. From the corner of his eye, Ayub saw his cling-wrapped brownie make its way to Shan's pocket. Ayub tried to see if he could escape from them. Could he make a dash for it? But there were too many and there was no way out. No way out when Shan caught hold of him from the back of his head. No way out when Shan bent him over, rubbing his nose, his face into the mud, into the ground. No way out as Ayub struggled for breath as he finally, finally sobbed out as they demanded words that they demanded he say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am a Muslim. I am a terrorist. I'm sorry I killed so many people. The laughing, the hooting subsided as they left him, sobbing and dirty on the ground behind the trees. From far away, he heard the bell ring for the end of break, but his legs were shaking too hard and he couldn't stand up. Finally, he managed to struggle to the bathroom and wash his muddied face. Not knowing what else to do, knowing that there was no way he could go to the teachers and tell them what happened. That was out of the question. So he walked into class late, stealing himself for the inevitable taunting giggles that rose and for the scolding for being late. Speak up! I'm asking you a question. Why are you so late for class? demanded the teacher. But he just hung his head low, knowing that his silence was incensing the teacher more and more. But there was no answer he could give, so he mumbled a sorry and hoped it would be enough. And then, through the afternoon, he was lost in thought, in hurt, wondering how he was going to persuade his parents to, to let him drop out of school or at least transfer to another one. Oh, he took more scoldings for being unattentive, uh, inattentive from other teachers. That was the least of his problems. But most of all, Ayub couldn't quite figure out why they were picking on him. Was he different from the others? How? That evening, Ayub added salty tears to the redness of his tomato soup. He couldn't bear it. He was the gentlest of children. He hated the way most boys would smack and knock each other over just for the fun of it. He couldn't see the fun in a painful whack. He stayed clear of the rowdier boys and liked to play with girls, although he couldn't do that too much because then the teasing became worse. He explained now to his parents. They say... They say we should kill all the Muslims and only then will the world be peaceful. 
what they say? Papa and Ma looked at each other horrified. They knew that they would have to talk about religion with their son. They knew they would have to, they would have to do it someday. They didn't think they would have to do it when he was just 10 years old. His parents came from different religions. He was Muslim, she was Christian. Neither family had accepted or even forgiven them for falling in love. There had been bitter fights at home, bordering on violence almost. No one from their families had attended the quiet court marriage that they'd had. They had never practiced their religions after that. They always said, if religion causes too much hatred, what good is it to go through the motions of praying to pieces of paper and stone statues? So they brought up their son without a religion. They celebrated birthdays, but not religious festivals. If he wanted to play holy or light candles at Diwali or get presents from Santa, he did. But they hadn't talked about the religious significance of what he was doing or that the festivals came from different religions. They'd known this day would come, but they weren't prepared for it. They hadn't imagined that it would be brought up in such violence and hatred. They sat him down between them. They brought out family albums, long ago ones that had his parents, each of them as children, each of them showing the religion they were born into. This is a cross beta. This is a story about Lord Jesus Christ who was crucified on it because of his beliefs. And this was my first Eid. See how proud everyone is? I was the first son, said his father. They explained to him that officially he was half Muslim and half Christian. You have the best of both worlds, you know, they said. But the questions remained unanswered. Why was he being taunted? And what did being half and half make him? And when they said all, all that could be said about it, Ayub asked, So, I'm Christian and I'm Muslim and that's okay. I'm not going to be a killer, am I? It was this very last question that shook them most. Why didn't you ever tell me about my religion before? Were you ashamed of it? Ayub's parents knew that they were going to have to do something about this. Although he begged them not to, they went to school. They talked with the teachers, the principal and some others. They were horrified too by what had happened. Like many schools, this one left the question of religion and discussions around it um, untouched out of the assembly prayers even, where only non-religious prayers for the general good of mankind were said. Policies, they thought, that were correct and healing and would not bring about any conflict. But it hadn't turned out that way at all. The classes were addressed. The teachers thought it best to take a direct approach. Rather than just suspending the children who had done it, they wanted to try and convince them. Ayub's parents agreed. So now they stood before the school, the parents and the teachers and the principal, all together. Ayub was nervous, fidgety, 
Would his friends laugh? Would they be rude to him again? Or worse, would they be rude to his parents? Would they even understand? Ayub's parents were worried too. Had they done the right thing in not talking about all of this earlier? Had they talked about it too soon? Would their son and his classmates really be able to comprehend all that they were about to say as about such a complex thing as religion? The similarities, the differences? That religion only ever taught you to be a good human being? That no religion said you had to be a killer? And that there were bad people in every religion, extremists, who killed and used their faith as an excuse? And so therefore, it didn't matter what religion you were born with, one or more, or any for that matter. One by one, they all read passages from different holy books, the Bible, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, the Upanishads. They also talked about some of the difficulties that they had faced being from different religions, about how they had come to be so wary that in fact, they never even shared with their own son what his religions were. That they celebrated festivals, but never talked about their religious significance, because they felt it had started to breed violence and hatred in the world. The students shifted uneasily. Shan hung his head as others were glancing at him. He'd often picked on other kids too for all kinds of reasons. But he'd never had to face such a direct approach. He felt the reproach rise within him for himself. And he could barely believe his ears when Ayub's mother extended the invitation. He looked up to see her smile directly at him as she said, So, we'd like to invite all of you to an Eid party. It will be Ayub's first official Eid. Here are the cards. We'd be very happy if your parents came too. I hope that all of you will come. Finally, the holy month of Ramzan was over and Eid, the day of Eid had dawned. Finally, Ayub was dressed in his new white kurta pajama. He wore his thread skull cap and he had said his morning prayer on his brand new prayer mat kneeling alongside his father, watching from the corner of his eye as he bent forward and laid his forehead on the mat, facing in the direction of Mecca. Then he'd helped both his parents put the silver foil on the kheer, put raisins into the sevaya, put crisp notes of money into the new white envelopes for his friends Idi, and he decorated them. And now it was time for the party to start, a party like no other. As the first car drove up, Ayub felt almost faint with surprise and joy and terror. But his mother held his shoulder and gave him a small secret squeeze. They opened the door together to start celebrating Ayub's first Eid. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया 
अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट